Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, where the best in the biz come to talk all things fitness, nutrition, overcoming challenges, to helping you on your journey to greatness. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome. Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Coach P, and I've got a great topic for us today. We're diving right back into habitudes for fitness professionals and everyone trying to change their lives and lead themselves to better lifestyles. And this is a topic that's been on my mind for quite a bit lately, um, especially as we end the... we reach the end of the year and we're at the last quarter. We're trying to give our all. We're trying to make the most of what's left of 2022. And oftentimes, especially those who run our own businesses um, and lead our families and have many responsibilities, we often forget what's most important. Um, besides just our interpersonal relationships and taking care of those we love, oftentimes we miss out on taking care of the number one thing that's important for us as leaders. And this is where we're going to get into the habitude known as the starving baker. This is a common hazard for leaders because most often or not, when you're a leader, you're doing your thing, you're leading a business, you're leading the charge, you're taking on the responsibilities of so many people, you're putting all the struggles and all the challenges and all the obstacles and all the responsibility on your own back that we oftentimes will run and run and work and work and work and work and work. But if we don't stop and refill our own cups, we will never be able to give the most value to those that we we are leading and we will never be able to give our all. And this is what leads to burnout. And so we're going to discuss the starving baker today. This is a very common hazard for leaders today because we are like the baker who spends so much time baking bread for others. We forget to eat ourselves. Leaders must feed themselves for personal growth. I want you to imagine an image right now of a baker who has all the bread in the world at his disposal because he's creating it on a daily basis, hour after hour, you know, session after session. And imagine, if you will, that you visit this new bagel shop of this person's that's not far from your home. You absolutely love going there because it's the chief baker that's created this new recipe for breads and bagels and pastries and cinnamon rolls that are all just damn delectable that you could eat. But then when word gets out about this bagel shop, all these people start to crowd the shop and they form lines each day waiting for new confections. The kid, the baker, however, doesn't have any help and ends up trying to serve all the customers by themselves. They scurry back and forth, busy with all the quests of the people, but oblivious to what's happening to themselves. The exhaustion in the baker becomes quick to be seen, and it quickly results in burnout. What's worse is as you start to watch him day after day, you start to see a change of the person getting thin, growing weary, growing tired, growing exhausted, and ultimately trying to figure out why it is they started these aspirations in the first place. It's almost as if this poor person is shriveling up. After observing for a few hours, Hours, you often see that this person, it's obvious, the problem, the person never stops to eat themselves. And the irony is that this person is so busy serving others, so busy focusing on challenges, so busy focusing on obstacles and the needs of others that they forget to feed themselves, even with all the food and access to resources around them. And so this is where so many leaders today fail to tend to themselves and eventually are unable to really serve others. They are starving themselves into 
intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. They can fake it for a while, but eventually they run out of gas. When they do read or listen to podcasts, it's always for someone else. They consume information for the program, but there's no personal growth. They are always preparing some sort of presentation for a group, preparing some sort of spiel for a sales call, or preparing something for a client, but they actually neglect to digest whatever content that they're doing and apply it to their own lives. Their talk is great, but their walk becomes fake. They go through the motions, but they are emotionally and intellectually starving. They're so close to the food that can make them better, so close to the resources that can restore them, but they never utilize them for themselves. Just like the old principle that I spoke into a previous podcast that I do for Eastern Kentucky University talks a lot about the iceberg. And the iceberg shows that only 10% of you is what's seen on the outside, when 90% of you is what's underneath your character. And this is what guides and leads others. And if your character underneath is not fully developed, if it's not tended to, if it's not maintained, if it's not optimized, you will never be able to give your best. And it's this principle of the starving baker that reminds us that leaders must feed themselves before they lead others. And I've seen this happen to so many people throughout my experiences where individuals took so much onto their plates and they stretched themselves so thin, or they didn't actually take any time in their schedule to just utilize for them, their social lives, their fulfillments, their own growth, whatever fulfills them personally. There's many examples that we see throughout the Habitudes curriculum that talks about these types of things. One such example is a student named Rob who graduated high school and went to college, was always the type of person that was genuine to other people and very generous and loved to help and guide the community and really loved to go out of this way to be a part of communities. But as he further began to take more and more and more and more obligations without making time for himself, he, this individual began to withdraw from his involvement in meetings. He started to become sour with his attitude. He wasn't as friendly with his friends. And it took one of his friends to confront him about this attitude. And while he became quiet when she posed these questions to him on why are you acting this way, he confessed that he felt like a fake and that he was trying to be a perfect example for everyone. And the the more that they had this conversation, her, his friends saw that the reality, it wasn't that he was a fake at all. It's just that he wasn't taking time to invest in his own personal growth. He had been burnt out and he was completely depleted, tank on empty, nothing left to give. And he had become what is known as the starving baker. But in contrast to this, we see a different example of another person who is just as busy and just as productive, works through the same types of circumstances. However, with her being busy with both professional and personal commitments, having this crazy busy schedule, there is one major difference between her and the previous example. And what she posed is that she had time for being mentoring to others. She never ran out of gas because she never led to a bad attitude or critical spirit. And everyone always marveled at how genuinely happy this person was. And although her life was crazy busy and her mind was at, but her mind was at peace, how is it that she accomplished this? Well, it's very simple. She took time to feed her herself. And throughout the Habitudes curriculum, they come across this very old short story that I hope will resonate with you all that I'm going to share with you right now. And it's called Sharpening the Axe. The term comes from a little story about two lumberjacks who challenged each other to see who could cut down more trees in one day. At daybreak, the first one began furiously chopping down trees. He worked up a sweat early on and by noon had cut down 16 trees. The other lumberjack had only cut down four because he took the first two hours to sharpen his axe. As he sharpened it, his challenger laughed at him, knowing he was doomed to lose the bet with 
all that wasted time. But that's when things got interesting. By early afternoon, the first lumberjack was slowing down. It took him almost an hour to cut down one tree while his friend was picking up speed. But how could this be? Certainly he was as strong as his friend. Unfortunately, strength had little to do with it. It was all about whose axe was sharper. The sharper the axe, the quicker the trees came down. By late afternoon, the second lumberjack who had sharpened his axe had passed his friend by several trees and one easily. It seemed like such a waste of time to sharpen the axe in the morning, but in the long run, it had saved him time and had brought better results. That little story saved Stacy's sanity as a leader, and she took care of herself so she could take care of others. How many times have you guys had tried to do a morning routine or try to do something for yourself? and did feel great. And then as you continue to push on throughout your day and continue to take on more responsibilities, you fall out of that pattern. I myself personally can say that I've definitely been victim of this before. You know, we, we usually, you know, find out these new things, we become more self-aware and we're like, you know, I should be doing these things. I should be taking care of myself. When I do do those things, I am awesome to other people. So such as doing morning mindset practices or meditating or working out, not looking at your phone for the first two hours of the day, all these great habits that can lead to you being responsible for programming your own mind before the world does. And anecdotally speaking from my own biased self, when I do do that, I am at a 100% different person. (laughs) You know, I am completely more in control. I have more control over my schedule. I am more responsive rather than reactive when it comes to social situations. I am much more able to be resilient towards stress. I have much more intent for the day because I am prioritizing what I need to do for the day and not letting myself be dictated by distractions from others, whether it's text message pings, notifications, emails, Snapchats, whatever it might be. And then when we actually go towards being able to having our daily sessions with those whom we work with, our sales sessions, our meetings, um, our meetings with loved ones and experience with loved ones, we're able to give so much more. We're able to be present. We're able to give value to others rather than constantly burning ourselves out, getting up first thing in the morning, scrolling on our phones, going from meeting to meeting, going from task to task without stopping to take some time for ourselves, whether it comes down to the lack of mindfulness practice, whether it comes down to the lack of spirituality, whether it comes down to the lack of just simply taking five minutes to breathe or simply to read something for yourself or listen to a podcast for yourself, uh, anything that comes down or even taking time for your own physical activity. All of these things add up to being able to keep you at your best so that you can give your best. And this is one of the most important lessons we need to learn as leaders if we are to give back. John Maxwell talks about this a lot in his 21 uh, 21, uh, aspects of a leader, 21 traits of a leader, whatever that book is called. There's so many. (laughs) Maxwell has like... 400 books. Um, but they all have similar messages and that for, for leaders to be at our best, for us to have the best impact on not only the individuals we're trying to lead towards better lifestyles that we see in our clients and our athletes, um, but also our team members who we're working with on a daily basis and trying to improve on a daily basis. We need to make sure that we're prioritizing integrity. If we're not at our best, if we're not filling our own cup, we're going to start lacking consistency. We're going to start lacking in our 
ability to communicate properly, and we're going to lack in our ability to be able to have conviction and actually live by the standards that which we preach. And that is, I think, the most important thing, because if your followers, if you're saying one thing in all of your educational material, in your teaching, in your mentoring, in your business meetings, in your sales calls, and you yourself are not living up to those same standards, and behind the scenes, you are burnt out, you are, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're tired all the time, you're exhausted, you're overreacting to others, you're, you're, ex- you're burnt out, and you no longer have that passion, and you're being driven into the ground, then what kind of message are we sending to the individuals whom we're trying to lead? And so it is super, super important that in order to lead effectively, in order to inspire courage with others, in order to help individuals build confidence, to help people lose weight, to get in shape, to change their lives, we have to make sure that we're taking our own responsibility for our own lives. And this is where we get into a healthy level of selfishness. You know, selfishness often gets a bad rap and a bad connotation. Because when you hear the word selfish, you're like, oh, that person is being absolutely selfish. They're a jackass. They're, they're not doing things for others. They only think about themselves. And that's, that's not the true definition. That is, that is an individual who is overly selfish, narcissistic, self-absorbed. That's different. Uh, when it comes to individuals who are giving, who are genuine, who are trying to lead people to to better things, to better to better circumstances, then it is our job to make sure that we are a base level line of selfish to take care of ourselves before we're able to take care of others. And I think this is a super important lesson that all leaders truly need to learn. And in order to see that oftentimes, you know, and I know a lot of leaders themselves have gone through traumas um, and with those traumas themselves deal with challenges every day and seeing their own self-worth. And this is going to lead into the types of questions that we need to start asking ourselves. You know, what is the biggest hindrance for taking your own time to your personal growth? You know, sometimes say, some people, times people say, well, I'm running out of time. I don't have any time in my schedule. I've got this call here. I've got this call here. I barely have time to work out. I've got to be at this meeting here. Um, I've got to make sure that I'm doing this, doing that. You know, we always have something going on in our schedule. Um, And so the biggest thing I usually get when I ask this to my students or when I ask this to other clients of mine, then they'll say time. And it's like, okay, it is very true. Many of us today do have busy lives. We have things that get in the way. Um, but do we truly not have time? All right. Peel back the layers and take a look at your actual schedule. Take a full, humble account of what you're actually doing with your time. And you may find that there is at least a half an hour, if not an hour to two hours within your schedule that you could have utilized for your own self-growth, for your own fulfillment. And we all have this time. If you were to calculate how much time you spend on your phone scrolling TikTok that gives you absolutely no value whatsoever except the occasional laugh, then you will find that you could actually use that time for the betterment of yourself, whether it's for spiritual practice, for sitting down to journal, to exercise, to read, to do something that is actually going to fill your cup and actually going to make you better and make you feel fulfilled and keep your passion alive. Because the worst thing that can happen to a leader is to lose the zest and the excitement for what they started in the first place within their vision. And in order to do that, you must continue to upkeep your own standards. And so that seems to be the biggest hindrance for a lot of time. People are afraid to be 
Selfish says time, I, I feel I get that response oftentimes. Um, but we should also ask ourselves the following question. Um, we all understand the importance of sharpening the axe, right? We all understand why it's important to keep our own tools strong. But why do you think that we fail to do it? Why does it seem like a waste of time? And oftentimes I'll get answers from people that say, well, you know, I figure if I go right into the day and get everything done right off the bat really, really fast, then I'll have more time on the back end. And although that seems like a noble gesture, oftentimes that will just run you into the ground even faster. All right, especially if you don't have a plan, because if you don't have a plan and you don't have a schedule and you don't have priorities set for that day, it's hard to know in what direction you're moving the needle, in what direction you're actually putting your efforts towards. And this can be an even bigger problem and can result in things like procrastination and not making progress in the areas of which you're desiring to go. And that can even further your stress, because if you're going gung ho and you're burnt out first thing and you you get to four or five o'clock and you're dead tired, not able to do anything more and you got six hours left of the day, that's usually when you didn't take advantage of your time to schedule the certain, um, the certain tasks that you had throughout the day properly. So now you're tired. And if you left the hardest thing to do to the last of the day, telling yourself in the morning, oh, sure, uh, from four till eight o'clock, I'll have enough time to work on something that's really, really daunting, really, really creative, like writing or a project or something that cre- requires a lot of analytical skills. Good luck, because you'll be so exhausted from burning yourself out from 6 a.m. all the way till that time at 4 p.m. that you'll be less likely to be able to engage in that activity and further have to push it to tomorrow. And what the problem becomes is that tomorrow never comes and that you will always, always be pushing it off until it never gets done. And that results in further amounts of stress and further daunting feelings that is placed upon you. And so it is super important that we realize that we need to not only make sure that we plan appropriately, but also strategically. If you know that you, you need that morning for yourself to slow your morning, to do a little bit of mindset. And then you can set the intent to choose what goes in your part of the schedule because you become more aware when you slow your morning. You become more real, you realize more about what, yourself as far as what's the best type of uh, tasks to do at specific times a day. For me, myself, I know that I need to get the hardest things done first because if I leave the hardest things for later on in the evening after I've engaged with students, after I've mentored athletes, after I've worked out, after I've done all these things, and then I say, okay, from seven o'clock till nine o'clock, I'm going to work on, you know, dissertation and really heavy re- research-related items. Good luck, all right, because I will literally be gassed out. My mind muscle, creative activity muscle, as it were, will be unable to be able to push forward anymore and be less likely, especially when the activity is not as engaging and is something that requires a lot of friction to get through. And so we really need to know ourselves and be able to strategically plan. And when we set that intent by slowing our mornings and taking time for ourselves first thing in the morning, we can be much more aware of doing those things. And so, you know, another question we often ask ourselves is, you know, why is it that we often feel guilty when we stop to take care of ourselves? And it's always because we think we should be doing something else. We think that we should be doing the other 80 million things that we have on our to-do list. Um, but without realizing that we need to, another reason why we should plan and slow our mornings to become more aware, because the more we structure and plan our days, the more control we have over it, the more we're able to make progress, the more we're able to move the needle forward, and the less likely we are to have more and more and more stressful things on our plate that are continuing to plague us and just build up on our back over time. Um, and so, and that's often why we feel guilty, because we're like, well, when I try to relax, I still know that I've got these 800 things 
things to do on the back of my plate and they're sitting on my back. And when we're actually sitting down doing nothing, we're stressed out because we're stressing out about not doing the things that we should have been doing in a more planned sense. And so, and that's why it's also super important because if we're not able to become aware, if we're not able to fulfill ourselves and make that structure and make that plan, we're never going to be able to relax. And it's always going to be in this constant state of, oh my God, I'm never finding time to relax. Even when I'm trying to relax, I'm not chill. I can't sleep. I'm overthinking. I am really stressed out. You know, I'm constantly fight or flight and I'm looking for all the different supplements and things that I can do to calm down when it's only treating the symptoms and not the source. The source will forever be the fact that we have not taken our own responsibility over ourselves. And that is the most humbling, honest thing we need to do for ourselves and what we need to figure out in order to fulfill ourselves. Because that's the biggest obstacle that gets in our way is not having a plan, not slowing our mornings, not having awareness that allows us to see the truth of what's going on, to be able to pull back and actually have that structure for ourselves so that we can offer ourselves that service to be able to move forward more efficiently. Um, And then we need to ask ourselves, you know, after we've realized these things and have put it into perspective of how we're not putting enough effort into ourselves, we need to step back and say, okay, what does sharp mean for me? What does sharpening the axe mean for me personally? How can I do it? And how do I need to feed and refresh myself? Do I need to look into reading and gathering new skills? Do I need to seek more time in solitude and taking the time to get away and relax and just think or meditate? Do I need to put more time into simplicity by simplifying my life, by clearing out the mental and physical clutter, by making plans, by talking to a mentor or a productivity manager? Do I need to get more time into my relationships and finding time to experience the community with my friends, my family, or my significant other? Do I need to take more time doing personal planning, looking ahead and prioritizing my future goals and direction? And do I need to put more time into my physical exercise and do cardiovascular workouts, relieve stress, do meditation, do yoga, do resistance training, do things where I am find the areas which that I am weak and make them stronger. And that's how we'll be able to push forward regardless of the amount of stress that we currently have on our plate. So I want to challenge you all today to take a step back, challenge yourself to become more aware. Are you taking care of yourself honestly, no matter your circumstances, no matter if you're a mom, no matter if you're a dad with a couple jobs, no matter if you're a business owner who is constantly putting yourself, putting others before yourself, if you're the kind of person that says you don't have time, if you're the student that says you're so spread out thin that you have no time to do this or do that, we all find reasons not to do the things that we know we ought to do for ourselves. And then ask yourself, where am I struggling? Where am I weak right now in my areas of giving back to myself? Because remember, you are the one person that spends the most time with you during your entire life. And if you want to be able to give back and have the most value and have the most impact on others within your business, within your own leadership, within your families, then you have to take care of yourself. You have to do what's best for you. You have to be a little selfish to be able to keep your tools sharp so that you can continue to have the best impact on others. For all other information on our all things on the Evolved Athletes, please seek out all of our social media platforms. We'll leave that in the outro at the end, but please take away this last message. Take care of yourself so that you can take care of others, all right? Because it is up to you to make changes in others' lives. We have the power to do so many great things when we become more aware and we become more realize our potential And when we become more humble with ourselves and realizing what it actually takes to meet that potential. I've been Coach P. 
and I'll see you in the next episode. We'll see you next week. Coach Pete. If you want to work with us and becoming the best version of yourself, be sure to check our coaching application down in the bio to get more information about how to get the best in fitness and nutrition coaching from the Evolve Coaches. Be sure to check out all of our information and great content we put out every single day on our Instagram and our Facebook group. Be sure to check us out on EvolveHealthAndPerformance.com for more information and keep tuning in to the Evolved Athlete Podcast for the best in everything fitness, nutrition, and becoming the best version of yourself. We'll see you in the next one. Evolve Team out.